Hi, I'm Rail Bricker, and I'll be one of your hosts for the Business Excellence Podcast. Hi, and I'm Lindsay Adams. I'm the co-host. And together, we're going to be talking about what makes up business excellence. And we believe that you can never be perfect. All you can be is excellent. And in our businesses and in our lives, we want to achieve excellence. And that's why this is the Business Excellence Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Business Excellence Podcast. My name is Rail Bricker, one of the co-hosts. Today with me is Gil Petersel, International Mastermind Strategist, and my co-host, Lindsay Adams. I am here and welcome, Gil. Great to see hello, you. Hello, hello. Happy to be with you guys. Absolute pleasure. And so you're, you're residing in Bali at the moment. That, that's a, a bit of an idyllic location, mate. Tell us, how did you get there and what are you doing there? Um, so Bali was a vacation over December and January from our home in Singapore. And, uh, you know, the vacation was about to end. And I told my wife I'd like to extend for one more month. Uh, during that one month, COVID hit. And we understood that being quarantined here and, you know, surrounded by nature uh, with a lot of freedom for the kids, especially is better than in, in Singapore. Even though we love Singapore very much, uh, in May time, as things developed in the world, we decided to let go of our home in Singapore and make Bali a, uh, you know, indefinite, um, not just home, but the ecosystem that we want to see um, uh, flourish and prosper around us. So we've been doing wow. a lot of things here connected to charity, connected to collecting plastic and, you know, supporting the different um communities in different parts of Bali is making sure people are eating that are around us especially and trying to employ a lot of people. I was reading up on your profile and I've known you and Lindsay and I've known you for a few years but I love the line on your on your LinkedIn profile that says I love learning from others facilitating introduce introduction teaching through edutainment methodology and gamifying and um, today's chat is really about masterminding and you have over the last few years made yourself into a global mastermind strategist and to tie in with our business philosophy of business excellence I guess the first question is you know on a broad brush level what does a mastermind do to create business excellence for the average business owner out there? So first of all, thank you for, you know, asking that question in that manner, because you gave it a very specific niche where most people just ask, Gil, what is a mastermind? But you actually gave um, the answer within the question. So if, if we're looking at entrepreneurs and we focus on them, because a mastermind could be great for, you know, a single woman to a, uh, you know, young parents to a business person to a young teenager, I've worked with young people. It could be really um, there as a magic power for any groups of people. But as you mentioned, those business people right now that need to change their strategy now or they die. It's like there is no chance around the world in the last nine months. The world is completely uh, flipped around and it's not over yet, of course. And anyone who's looking to pivot, uh, change that strategy adjust their mindset quickly without too much pain, without too many, you know, let's break through uh, uh, fears every day, which is not easy for a lot of people to break through fears, but allowing yourself to go through the change while feeling like you're being guided. You feel like someone's got your back. And for me, that's what a good mastermind is all about. You know, like 
I feel like these people got my back. I feel they want my best interest. And I feel that when they're speaking about my opportunity or my problem, they're doing it without a bias. They don't, they don't, they, they want to just give me what they got. You know, they're not thinking, oh, I know him. He's my friend or he's a family member. Let me package it in the best way to not hurt his feeling. Or let me tell him what I think he needs to hear. In a mastermind, people tell you like it is. In most cases, of course. But in most, I'm, I'm around. And, and I think that's very powerful today for the, that business person who just needs to make it because, you know, he needs to support his family. He needs to, like, pay his rent. Like, the, we don't have a choice. Like, my business dropped 95%. I had no choice but to activate seven different masterminds at the same time and at the same time serve other people so they would get into masterminds. So, you know, when, so when, when, we, when we're hit against the wall, we got to push back, and sometimes a mastermind is there to support us. That is, that is too true, Gil. So I'm curious, can I ask a, like a process-driven question? How, what's the process? What's the structure? How do these masterminds work? I mean, I, I love the whole, the whole concept of I got your back and they've got your back. But you just walk us through the process. So that's a really fun question. You know, the process is something I've had to learn. I'm not um, that process guy. I'm not that procedures guy. I'm the Kaizen guy. I'm the guy that continuously improves things, which drives the process guys crazy. You're like, no, we just outlined the procedures. We printed them out. Why are you changing them again? Even though they're like, actually, Gil, that's a really good idea. Like, we've just improved on it. So, you know, the gamification part that Rael mentioned about my life in general uh, is I, I like to see myself very young inside. You know, I, I believe that a lot of us men around the world still have this, uh, you know, young kid inside of us, which is why we sometimes drive our women crazy. Um, but for me specifically, I allow that child inside of me to be creative, to, to, to allow my imagination to go wild. And I do that within business, which means for me, a mastermind is a game. And I really call it a mastermind game in many, many cases. That means that it has levels. And at every level, we can have a different structure or procedure. So, for example, if you have a simple, you know, one day mastermind, let's just say three to five hour mastermind, based on the number of people you have and based on the number of hours, First of all, you start to look at numbers, which is what I do. And then it's an algorithm. It needs to be a formula. How many hours do you have? How many breaks do you need to take? How much time does each person get? How many levels do you want to get them to? You know, so it, it's, it's never one formula for me. It's something that I've now learned to do. So if we got like seven people in a room and we got three hours and we want to give them maybe, you know, maybe one or two 15-minute breaks in the middle. So we have two and a half hours. And if you got two and a half hours and you break it down, you're like, okay, so how long would it take me to do level one? Level one, quick introduction, seven people, let's give them a minute each. So you take that off. And then you say, okay, and then me talking a little bit, introduction, explaining the situation, we'll give that three minutes. And when I talk about minutes, um, I created um, this um, different algorithms and formulas within every mastermind in order to structure me. Like you guys have been speakers for much longer than I have. I'm still a junior at this and you know, in my first 100 plus speeches, which only happened five years ago, six, six years ago, I did five speeches and they were all for free. And they were not really speeches of like 20, 30 people in the room. It's really five years ago that I stepped out of my shell and I, I went directly into 120 speeches in the first year. And my team still laughs at me today saying that, well, but 100 Gil, you did really badly. And what does really badly mean? I went over time. I, I forgot to play with the slides. My slides didn't work. I made all these mistakes. I was super unstructured. I was all over the place. I was the artist. 
And that, Lindsay, is when I started to create these formulas that would structure me. I needed to, I needed yeah. to be, I needed to be told when to stop speaking. And it worked for others as well. People like to have those rules within a mastermind. And how do you get, I mean, how do you get buy-in in terms of people, you know, when they come into a mastermind, let's just say it's a day or it's once a week for a month yeah. or once a week for six months. Yeah. What, how quickly are you getting people to open up and share their problems in a closed confidential environment? Like what gives them when you're running a mastermind that, that moment of confidence that said, yep, this is great and I, and I can share my problems because I'm hoping to find a group of people who will help me find the solutions? That's a really, really powerful question. I'm just kind of thinking about, you know, I do an average of two masterminds a week, um, one offline, one online. I don't always, I'm not always the host. I'm sometimes the host and the, um, the, the facilitator, for example. Sometimes I'm just an, an invited expert. Uh, sometimes I invite a host. I invite my assistant to actually be the one, the timekeeper, and I might just be the expert on the call. You know, I, I break them up. And, you know, Rael, it's a really powerful question what you're asking because it's very, very um, personal. It's like not everyone always opens up in the first five minutes, you know, not everyone. But three things I find are important. Number one, walk them through the, the process as early as possible and just ask them to trust the process. Say, guys, if, you know, we, let, let's break down our time today and let's take a third of the time that we have available and just trust the process. If it doesn't work during the third of the time, tell me. I can give you your money back. You can give me feedback. We could change the rules, which is something I allow <laughs> participants to do. So I'm like, listen, these are my rules. However, at any given point, you can choose to break a rule, but you must replace it with another rule. And offering that to participants has blown my mind in many cases because they've given me some awesome rules. Like, yeah. I love that. I love um, that. And, you know, I'd say that usually <clears throat> as soon as the process starts, that first person who says, okay, I'll be in the hot chair, I'll go first, they're my hero because we're using them as a case study. It doesn't matter how many examples I can give them. That is the hero on that call that says, okay, let's go. And then depending on how open they're willing to be, they tend to set the standards. So what I try to do my best is I try to read everyone's profiles before. In my introduction, I try to in a way hint with subliminally, and I tend to usually get it right with the person I kind of hint to, they will the one that raise their hands. So I know who would be willing to be more vulnerable and then they'll set the standards. And then everybody was like, well, I can't be shallow. Like, you know, I can't be that one that's like boring. I got to like step it up a little bit and be a little bit more vulnerable, a little bit more open. I like it. So, so Gil, what, what would be a typical issue that someone would bring to the table? I know that's a, that's a big question, but give, us, give our listeners an idea of some of the kind of things that you might work on in one of yeah, the Yeah, sure. So groups. coming back to Rael's question on the actual format, we can have a one-day mastermind, a one-week. Like, I used to do one-week masterminds on, on yachts. Like, we used to take, like, like, 30 yachts and go sailing for a week. And imagine how much you bond and you build trust and you yeah. build team. And everyone is complete strangers, remember. Um, we used to do masterminds, 
you know, over, of course, like one year or six months where you'd connect once, twice a month. It's a different level of relationship that is built. These days, I love the one-time masterminds, you know, two hours, three hours. Sometimes you'll see those people again, sometimes you don't. And the main reason is I'm a huge believer in serendipity. Similar like yourself, Lindsay, you know, the art and science behind human networking has been something I've been studying for a lot of years. And I believe that if these people came together and if I can create that space, if I can hold the space for them to share, then I believe that they need to be listened to each other and I need to be there hearing this as well. So what I've seen that's happened very successfully is people come in with short-term challenges, not like... I don't know what my dreams are, which has happened. People are like, well, you know what? I lost more motivation in life and I don't know what my goals are. You know, that's okay. He's like, listen, I've made my millions. I got over $100 million in assets right now. I've lost all passion in life. My son doesn't want to talk to me. I have no idea what else to do. You know, and after that one mastermind, the child within him was born. He started going to the gym. He started working out. He wanted to start dating younger women. Something developed that sparked up, you know. We have people showing up and saying, listen, I've been working on my own for so many years, and I think it's now time for me to hire someone else. I don't know who to hire, where to hire. How do I start managing? How do I let go? People are afraid to let go of responsibilities. What, what I hear often, which I love, is I'm in business with my wife or with my husband. I love that. Couples doing business together because I've been doing business with my wife for 10 years now. Well, nine and a half years. We've been together in a relationship for 10 years. And uh, I love it when that one comes up. You know, there's tension in the family or like it's only the two of us. I think that speakers and coaches who want to build a real business should never be just the two of them, husband and wife. They should always start bring third. So that shows up a lot. How to raise money for investments, how to get my book published, how to start a podcast, um, how to, I'm getting into quarrels with my business partner. Like I do a lot of things with startups. Like I, I used to be very active in Silicon Valley and in Israel, the whole startup nation. So I attract a lot of high-end startups. Like, hey, we just raised $2 million. Oh my God, what do I do? My partners and I are fighting. Should we raise our salaries? Should we not? Like very practical, very action-oriented, clear challenges and opportunities are brought up. That brings us to the end of the first part of our episode, Interviews with Gil Petersil, Mastermind Strategist. Join us on the next episode for part two of the interviews with Gil Petersil. We look forward to seeing you on the next episode of the Business Excellence Podcast.